This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 18.24. So today, guys, we are going to be talking about friendship. So there's a lot of things on the docket. As you can imagine, whenever, uh, like I've said before, the three-part series on race in America, I had a lot of interviews that I did to make sure that I could give ample time and attention to our new baby son and to my wife. And, you know, a lot of things happen and there's still a lot of things that I want to talk about. So over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about, you know, certainly talking about COVID-19. I definitely want to spend some time talking about Ravi Zacharias and the impact that he had because he obviously passed away this summer. And there's, you know, the Supreme Court, there's all these things and I'm not sure when I'm going to get to which particular topics. And there's always seemingly things that come up. And one thing, just to kind of give you a little peek behind the curtain when it comes to this podcast is I very typically or I very, it's very non-typical, I guess, uh, for me to come out of order, right? So in the three years or so that we've been doing this podcast, there hasn't been very many episodes that haven't been released on a Thursday. I make sure that these are released every Thursday at minimum, but every now and then there's something that comes up, terrorist attack, you know, some sort of big thing in the news and I have to hit it right then. But aside from that, I like to kind of stay in, in terms of what's going on and what I'm seeing. But the other thing about it is, is even if I have the best laid plans, cause I did have a plan for this week and it just kind of, I just pushed it aside because I feel like as I'm going through things and as I'm experiencing thing and things in life that I feel like I could pass a little bit of wisdom along or a little bit of uh, understanding or maybe just a little bit of extra consideration to something that a lot of guys that are maybe wired like me or you don't give consideration to. That's why I do that. And there was something that came up here recently that has to do with the subject matter of friendships and of long-term friendships. And I think it's pertinent to kind of where we're at today because you guys have heard me talk talk about a foxhole all the time. You've heard me talk about having those types of guys in your life. You hear me talk about my guys on Sunday night that get together, read books and train jujitsu and support one another. So friendships are are obviously very, very important. But I want to kind of give you an idea of as something that I've experienced here recently with an old group of friends that I think is pertinent to kind of what we're going through today. I'll leave their names out of it because some of them do listen to this show. But essentially what happened is we've got this group of friends or we're all college buddies. I mean, at, at the low end, we've known each other for like 15, 16 years, but some of these guys, their relationships go all the way back to elementary school. And so this is a group of guys that's been around each other for a long time, a lot of understanding of one another, a lot of time spent with their families. And, you know, we're, we're kind of, we all love everybody. That's kind of how the group goes. But as with a lot of guys, we have a group text and most of the time, the things on that group text have to do with, you know, football or, you know, something that's going on over here or something that's going on over there. But then here recently, obviously the hot topics for everybody, including your college buddies, it might be things like COVID-19. It might be things like race in America. It might be a, a myriad of different things. So to kind of give you the nuts and bolts of what happened here, this was around the time. So this seems like a million years ago, but this was around the time when Drew Brees came under fire for having the gall to say that he would refuse to ever kneel for the national anthem because he thought it would be disrespectful to his family members that fought in World War II. 
He was decried as a horrible racist for, for saying such a completely insensitive and crazy thing like he would stand for the national anthem of the United States of America with his hand over his heart. And then he tried to come out and give an apology. His wife had to do a small apology tour. And now he's hated by both sides. The people that love the national anthem and think you should stand before the flag, they hate him. And then the people that think that this is the worst country since, since ever and 1619 was the year that we were founded and we were founded because of slavery and we need to be ripped out you know, from branch to stem, those people were mad at him as well. So something came up. I don't know if it was Barstool or another thing on Instagram. And so I basically took a screenshot of it and I sent it to the group and it's like, you know, I can't even remember the context of exactly what I said, but it's like, you know, welcome to 2020 where you can't defend the national anthem and, uh, you know, without fearing being canceled or something along those lines. And one of the guys in the group, he responds with this very, very long message. And he even said at the very, very top of the message that he had had this discussion in another group text with a different group of people. And he basically just copied and pasted it and put it into our group message. And he he kind of had arguments that he broke out and he's going into, you know, what Drew Brees said and, and what race is like in America and what he's experienced in his personal life and all these different things. And the thing was, is the text message is not really the right way to go about having a discussion like that. And I... I responded to his initial message and I basically answered all the different points that he was making with counterpoints and then ended by saying, dude, you know that this isn't the best way to have this conversation. I mean, if you ever want to come and talk about this, like I'm all ears, like let's, let's have a whiskey on the back porch and and have a good time with it. And then there were also some discussions that went on with this guy, uh, with some other guys in the group where I guess they had some disagreements around COVID and around how serious we should take it versus how seriously we are taking it. And so the thing about it was, is most of the disagreements from what I can tell, and I wasn't, you know, a party to the other conversations that were had in this group with this same guy, they were, they were pretty benign, right? I mean, no one was calling names. It's like, Hey, this is a situation that we're in. Hey, how about you come over? We can talk about it. You know, you'll probably end up spending 30 to 45 minutes talking about that. And then an hour or two hours talking about something completely unrelated and not important like golf or fantasy football or whatever nonsense. But at the, at the same time, this, this guy didn't have that, that viewpoint as to what's going on in this situation. There were a lot of other things that were attached to this, but essentially this guy made a unilateral decision to completely take take himself out of this group of people. This is a group of six college friends that have known each other and talked to each other all the time and have for years. There's usually a lake trip that we all go on every year. We bring our entire families and it's kind of one of those deals. And for the first time in since I've been going to the lake with these people since college, he didn't make it. He he made up some sort of excuse that he he had to go, you know, hang out with a family member or something like that. Um and then he's been giving everybody else in the group the cold shoulder because they're reaching out to him. Hey man, how's it going? How about you come over? Let's let's go grab a burger, let's go do this. And he's basically just completely disinterested in everything. So I just start calling him last week, which is not something that he and I have. You know, you have guys that you call and guys that you text and, you know, whatever. But he, we aren't like call, phone call people. So I called him and left him some messages saying, hey, let, let's chat, something like that. Send him some text messages. But this guy is out. He, he doesn't want to respond to anything. I don't know if he looks at the group as a package deal and he has issues with each one of us in certain different ways. But this is a guy that has decided that he doesn't really want to be friends with this group of people anymore. And the thing that's so interesting about this group is the other four guys in the group. So not me and this guy, but the other four guys in this group, they seem to be lamenting this. And 
they don't agree with how he's carrying himself and how he's responding to people basically pushing back on his opinions, you know, basically like a child would like, oh my gosh, you don't like my opinion and you're actually going to push back. Like it reminds me of people like in college that are 18 and 19 years old and you push back on some of their ridiculous ideas and then they just crumble and they just want to scream at the sky. But with this guy, he's made the decision and I've accepted his decision because from my point of view, I'm not going to beg a grown man to be my buddy. And if this guy has taken everything into account and he and I have been friends longer than we haven't been friends in terms of years, and if he's willing to throw that away along with all the family relationships and all of the other people in the group, for me, I'm like, hey, I did my part. I I did what I could. I invited him uh, to a conversation. Everybody else seemingly invited him into a conversation where you could get a deeper understanding with one another, but he made his decision. But the other guys in the group, they just can't seem to to come to grips with that. Like they're they're going to try to do everything they can and they're going to bend over backwards for this guy who I'm starting to believe is just a narcissist that likes to be pursued. But that what this all got me thinking is they were disagreeing with my point of view that, hey, if he doesn't want to be buddies with us, screw him. Like, just just move on. Like, there's 7 billion people on the planet. Not all of them are going to like you and be your best friend for life. And it just seemingly, they, they can't get that through their head or, or they just disagree. And what this caused for me is just to really think in a macro sense about friendships in general and friendships for men. And specifically, even beyond that, just Christian men in general, right? And there were two hard truths that just came to mind and they kept coming to mind. And that's why I wanted to share them with you today. I just needed to lay the groundwork with a little bit of context is there's two hard truths for Christian men as it pertains to friendship. And the first one is friendships are essential. And the second is friendships are always changing and sometimes cease to exist. So in the first one, friendships are essential. Guys, we know this. You don't have to do a very detailed Google search to figure out that men don't have friends. I mean, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, I even just recently was looking at stuff in like Huffington Post and Variety, and it's all these things written by leftist women who are basically saying that conservative men are, are don't have any friends or just men in general. Toxic masculinity has caused men to not seek out friendships with other men because they think it's gay. You know, wh- whatever the situation is and however they decide to argue with it, which is usually not a, a very good or, or well thought out point of view. But even the social scientists and even psychologists and all these other individuals, they know that this is true, that men, adult age men out of every other group or type of person in the world, they don't really have friends as much as other groups do. Adult women, teenage women, teenage boys, toddlers, whatever the situation is, they just don't have a lot of friends. Okay. And the thing about it is, is most men just think that friendships just happen. And the reason why they have that point of view is because for most of their life, that's exactly how it was in elementary school and in junior high and high school. Even if you were maybe not the most social individual or maybe didn't have a ton of friends, you kind of had your crew. Just about everybody has their people, right? And if you are a little bit more on the outside of the social circle, you might have to go out of your way a little bit more in order to make friends. But for most people, especially growing up and maybe through college, it's easy to make friends. But at some point, whether after high school or after they get out of, you know, uh, four years in the military or something like that, you're in your mid to late 20s and you're not just surrounded by people that might think like you. Maybe you're single, maybe uh, maybe you are married, but all your wife's friends, husbands are kind of lame and you don't want to be around them and you go to work and those really aren't your people. You just kind of work with them, whatever the situation may be. But with these individuals, and I'm talking about the guys that are struggling to find friendships, they just feel like it's just supposed to happen. 
Like they're just supposed to wake up and they're going to have all these friends that are just there for them no matter what. And then what a lot of people do, and I have, you know, people in my family, like my dad's kind of a shut in. He doesn't really have a lot of friends. It's when you go through tough times in life, it's hard because you're depending on so few people and there's so few people that can provide you support. And it's because you've spent most of your life and a lot of these people are in the same boat, most of their life not cultivating those friendships because they just don't really think they're essential. And the second hard truth for Christian men, as I said before, is friendships are always changing and sometimes they cease to exist. I feel like I'm surrounded currently by guys, but I've been surrounded by other people that just they look back on these relationships and, and they think there's something more than they were, or they don't realize that their circumstances today are different because the reality is, is guys, people get busy, like legitimately busy, not like, Oh, I'm an American and I have a job. So I'm busy, like legitimately busy. People move, they, they leave the town or they leave the state, they leave the country, right? You have people that get different jobs. So maybe this was a guy that you saw five days a week for years. And now he's taking a different job or you've taken a different job and you're just not really as tight as you were. You know, people choose different priorities. You know, they, they go in different directions. People make different life decisions. You know, people piss you off. People cross you. There, there's all these different situations where friendships could, could kind of end. And I've said this before and I've described it before, and I don't do it to throw anybody under the bus. It's just a description of essentially where we're at in, in the world and where we're at in friendships. As I got married when I was 22 years old, and I had four groomsmen or, you know, three groomsmen, one best man. So my best man and I, you know, we're in a text string. So we're, we're talking throughout, you know, throughout the day, most days in this little group text that we have. But beyond that, this is a human being that I might see in person three or four times a year. And me and this guy, like we've, we've kind of grown apart, not in a bad way. Like, oh, I don't like you anymore, but it's just like his life decisions and the direction that he's going doesn't necessarily match my life decisions in the direction that mine's going. And I'm not saying his is bad or mine's better. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they're different paths. And then the other three guys, there's one guy who is a, a big time listener of this podcast. And this is a guy that I love to get text messages from and we talk back and forth, but we might see each other in person once or twice a year. You know, so he's not as consequential in my life as he was in college where we saw each other basically every day. There's another guy that I might see once or twice a year and I might hear from him two or three times total in a year. And then my other groomsmen, my last guy that I'm going to talk about here, I have not seen or heard a, a thing about this guy in almost a decade. But when I got married in 2009, he was one of the most important people in my life. And so this isn't a reflection on him or me necessarily that we're not friends anymore. It's just, you know, he got a job where he left the country and he married a girl that, that no one really liked or wanted to be around. And he kind of, he had kids early and, you know, he kind of went on his own way. I frankly don't even know where he lives. It's not that I wouldn't like to. It's just the, the point I'm trying to make here is people change. Circumstances change. And the friendships that you have right now, even if they're longstanding, they're forever changing. Sometimes they just cease to exist and, and it's okay for that to happen. But then I also got to thinking about the different types of friends, right? There's kind of the fringe that you have, and then there's the friends that you need. And so I think that this is important to go through to kind of give you an idea so that whenever you're looking around, looking for a particular type of friend that I'm going to describe for you here in just a second, that it's easier to do that. So let's talk about the friends that you have. Okay. There, there are several different types. There's acquaintances. So these are people, maybe you knew them a long time ago. Maybe you worked together for like six months. This is somebody that if you see them in public, you're maybe not going to go out of your way to say hello. If y'all walk past each other and never make eye contact, you know, it just kind of is what it is. But even if you do, it's going to be a very cursory two or three minute. Hey, how's it going? You know, where are you working now? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, great to see you. You're looking great. And then you kind of move on. 
Then you've got family friends. So these are people that, you know, maybe you're not the main friend of this person. Maybe they're good friends with your sister or with your uncle or something like that. They're just constantly around. Okay. Again, these people aren't consequential to your life in any way, shape or form. They're just kind of around. Then you got your work friends. That one's obviously pretty basic. If you're a nine to five type person or, you know, you're, these are the people that are maybe in the next cubicle to you, or you sit together at lunch, or if you run a business, maybe they run a similar business and you kind of throw some uh, referrals back and forth. Those are just kind of your work friends. Then you've got your high school friends. Okay. So that this could be similar to acquaintances. These are people that maybe you saw in a lot of your classes in high school. Maybe you played sports with them, but you know, after college, maybe you never saw them again, except for on Facebook. Those are just kind of your high school friends. The same thing can be said for college. It's the same exact thing, but it's just four years later. And then the last thing in terms of the friends you have, these are your 6 p.m. friends. So what is a 6 p.m. friend? This is somebody that you can call up until about 6 p.m. every day, and they'll likely be there to hook you up with something that you need or to help you out. They're a 6 p.m. friend. And that, yes, that's just an arbitrary time. There's nothing magical about that time. But basically, after dinner, these people aren't really available to you. You know, for, for whatever reason, maybe they're super disciplined with their phone and, you know, after dinner, they, they turn their phones off and they don't turn them back on into the morning. Or these are just people that they, they do their own thing. You know, they're, they're going to help you out during the day, but you know, maybe it's family time now, or maybe they don't even have a family. They just don't have time for you. Those are the friends you have. So acquaintances, family, friends, work friends, high school friends, college friends, and 6 PM friends. But then we need to talk about the friends that you need. Because guys, if we're going to believe that from the top of this podcast, that friendships are essential, then we need to make sure that we're identifying the types of people that we need to have in our lives as friends. So as kind of a counter to the 6 p.m. friends, there's your 3 a.m. friends. That's a different guy than your 6 p.m. friend. So this is the guy again, another arbitrary time that at 3 a.m. you can call them and they're going to be available to you. And guys, even some of your closest friends maybe aren't going to be 3 a.m. friends. These aren't people that always have their phones on and they're always ready to go. But you know what a lot of 3 a.m. friends are? They're the next category, which is I'm on my way friends. So what is an I'm on my way friend? So let's just combine these two. You call someone at three o'clock in the morning and... I don't know, maybe there's a plumbing issue in your house and you're not really that adept at plumbing and they are. So I would, I would consider myself in that situation. I don't know a whole lot about plumbing. And so as you're describing the issue to them as to what they're doing and what you're hoping to, to get is for them to describe over the phone or maybe over FaceTime, kind of what you should be doing in the middle of you explaining what's going on. You can hear them rustling around. It's because they're getting their pants on, they're grabbing their keys and they're on their way. You know, maybe you're in the hospital. Right. And, you know, this happened with with me and I, I talked about it on the podcast where, you know, our son James was having some major emergency type issues, had to have surgery. And it was one of those things. I had guys that called me and said, I'm on my way to your house to take care of the dogs. Just tell me how to get in the house. And I basically had to tell them, hey, I've already, you know, coordinated what we're going to do with the dogs. The neighbors are going to take care of them, blah, blah, blah. But they're I'm on my way, friends. They're not waiting for me to ask for a favor. They're on the way. They're ready to go. And the last one, and again, these are all kind of interconnected in terms of friends that you need, and that's foxhole friends. This is what you want, because a lot of your foxhole friends are going to be, you know, your I'm on the way friends and your 3 a.m. friends. And guys, just so I don't, you know, belabor too many points that I've made before, go back to episode 104 of this podcast. It's still one of the most listened to episodes that we've done, which kind of leads me to believe that there's a lot more work that we need to do in this area. And by we, I mean Undaunted Life. But episode 104 is called Your Foxhole. 
And that's where I go into grave detail in terms of what you need to be looking for. And the first thing about a foxhole guy, because you kind of have an idea as to what that looks like now, I kind of told you how to identify a foxhole guy. And I gave you some parameters and I gave you seven of them. And so I'll just list them here and then you can go to episode 104. Again, I, I definitely highly recommend that you listen to that if you haven't before. And certainly if you have already, you know, get a, get a refresher. But how do I identify a foxhole guy? One, a guy that you see often. You have to see him a lot. Number two, a guy that is available. Three, a guy that you've watched make improvements in their life. Four, a guy that seems to always be striving. Five, a guy that quickly identifies mistakes he has made and moves to remedy them. Six, a guy that doesn't mind confronting you or others. Or seven, a guy that voraciously loves their woman. Okay, again, you've got to be in a relationship to voraciously love your woman, but most of the guys that are in your foxhole do have a relationship like that. That's how you identify a foxhole guy. Okay, but then in counter to that, I specifically showed you what a foxhole guy isn't. So these are types of people that if they're in your life, maybe you can slide them to a different category. One of those maybe friends that you have categories. But specifically, a foxhole guy is not, you know, seven things. One, a pussy. Two, a complainer. Three, an excuse maker. Four, a settler. Five, an addict. Six, a womanizer. Seven, a bum. And again, go back to episode 104 to get a much deeper view about what this is. But guys, if friendships are going to be important, and if it's something that is integral to your life as a Christian man to build community, whether in your church or in your home group or something like that, in in your foxhole that you're creating in your jujitsu academy, whatever the situation may be, those are different things that you need to be looking for. Because you know what you don't need in your life? You don't need more acquaintances. Because those people aren't going to really be there for you. They make you feel good. You know, there's maybe a few hundred of those that you've added to your Facebook profile over the last several years, but they're not going to be there for you guys. And if you don't know what a 3 a.m. friend looks like, or an I'm on my way friend looks like, or a foxhole friend looks like, I I feel bad for you to a degree, but also to another degree, I got to tell you, that's probably a little bit your fault. Not saying it's completely your fault, but that's something that you need to focus on. And if you don't focus on it, you shouldn't expect it to just happen. And as we kind of wrap up here, I want to talk about how to think about friendships in a healthy way. So as a Christian man, I know that there's a lot of, I don't really know the best way to say it, but you know, maybe it's your pastor, maybe it's a a sub pastor at your church, or maybe it's a leader of a Bible study that you've looked at. There's a lot of people that think that if you're a Christian man and you have a friendship that ends, that you've maybe done something wrong biblically, biblically right? Maybe you've pushed someone away. Maybe it wasn't, you know, the message you were giving them that they didn't like the gospel. It was you, the giver of it that they didn't like, whatever the situation is there. And in some of those situations, there, there might be merit to that. But I think that's important to look at when we're looking at how friend, how to look at friendships and how to think about friendships in a healthy way. So I have four things here for you and then we'll get out of here. Okay. The first thing is this. Sometimes friends reveal their true colors and cannot be relied upon. And that's okay. I've talked about this on the podcast before, and I know there are people listening to this that are, that are privy to, to stories like this. But for me personally, I'm maybe not always going to be the first guy in line when you think about, oh, who, who my best friend is or, or the, whatever the situation may be. And, and the reason is, is because I'm, I'm a pusher. Like I will push people. And so I'm not always everyone's favorite because I expect a lot of the people around me. If you tell me you're going to get me this project done by five o'clock today, I expect it done by five fifty or four fifty nine at the latest, right? If you're going to tell me that I'm going to be there, I expect you to be there. If you're going to tell me that you're going to do this workout, I expect you to give me full effort. And that's not always going to make you everybody's favorite. However, I'm the most loyal friend that you can have. 
And I give out loyalty without most people having to earn it. Like I'll be loyal and dedicated and truthful and defending of somebody, even if I haven't seen that they deserve it. I'm not one of those guys that, you know, I'm like, a, you know, tough nut to crack. Take six months before I, you know, basically call you my buddy. I'm not one of those guys. I will give you the benefit of the doubt from the beginning. But, but if you cross me, if you do something that you said you weren't going to do and it had a negative impact on me or people that I care about and love, that's a big issue for me. And it goes back to the thing that I talked about from the beginning, which is there are 7 billion people on this planet. Not all of them can be your friend. And certainly not all of them will be your friend for life. And so it's one of those situations where that's where I'm going to start putting distance between me and you, distance between you and somebody else. Because if somebody reveals their true colors, that doesn't mean that you cut them off entirely. Again, I'm sure some of you are thinking about, you know, the, the parable about, you know, leaving the rest of the, the sheep to go, to go get the one, you know, you, you've talked, you've kind of thinking about that. That's not what I'm talking about here in this situation. I'm talking about people that become a suck on your life. They, they suck your energy out. They suck your attention. And there's nothing positive that comes out of that for you or for the kingdom. Because the reality is, is guys, sometimes friends reveal their true colors and cannot be relied upon and that's okay. And the thing is, is if they work their way back into your good graces, let them in. If they attempt to right the wrongs that, that they've done in the past and they're asking for, you know, they're repenting from their ways and they're asking for forgiveness, give it to them, right? But just keep that in mind. The next thing here is sometimes recalling the good times is all you have left of a friendship and that's okay. So going back to this situation that I talked about from the top of the episode today, this is a relationship that I'm assuming for the rest of my life is no longer going to be there. It's a friendship that's just no longer going to be there. You know, if I see them in public, it seems like he's just going to walk by and pretend like I'm a ghost. And he's going to do the same thing to four other people and their entire families. That's kind of where we're at. And if that's where it stays and all I have left are all the good times that we had from college until now, that's fine. You know, I would consider myself better for having had that relationship in my life for the couple of decades that I had it. That's fine by me. I really don't have an issue with that. And so it's when people start lamenting the fact that they don't have that. And then they start to romanticize the friendship and what it was. And guys, you've probably experienced this before that, you know, maybe you're with a girl now, or maybe you're dating her, or maybe you're even married. But when you and your girl are fighting, you'll think, you know, I've heard a lot of guys talk about this. They'll think about their last relationship or maybe their first serious girlfriend or even their first love in junior high or high school. And then they start getting the creative juices flowing about, you know, what if I had married her? You know, what if she wasn't insane? What if we didn't break up? What if that other guy didn't come along? What if I didn't meet my spouse? You know, would things be different? Would my life just be peachy? Would my kids not be terrible? Would I have a better job? Like, would my car be better? Like, they, they just run all these different scenarios. And what they're doing is they're romanticizing a life that wasn't for them. And guys, maybe that life had been better with that other gal or that person from summer camp that they had to say bye at the end of the summer, like the wonder years, and it was the worst thing possible. But at the same time, these are individuals that are now romanticizing things that weren't real. The depth of the relationship that they had is all that they had. And so that's my encouragement to some of you guys that have had relationships with friends that have ended. If all you can do is look and see at all the good times that you had together, then that's a plus. That's fine. This idea that you have to have friends, you know, from high school and college that are at your funeral, if you have those, that's fantastic. But you're not going to have a whole lot of that. 
for a lot of the reasons that I was talking about earlier in terms of there's a lot of times that you're not going to be able to keep those relationships going for forever. If you never move out of your hometown, if you never move off the street that you've lived on in your entire life and you die in that house, that same house, and so does your buddy across the street, well, then that may happen for you. But again, I think guys put too much pressure on themselves in certain types of friendships and they don't try to go out and cultivate new ones or make the new ones that they have better. Another way that it should be healthy in terms of thinking about friendships is this, is that sometimes friendships come to an end and that's okay. And this, you know, obviously connects to the last one that if you look back on those friendships and that's all you had, then that's fine. But then there's one other way I want to talk about this and that's, there's a lot of friendships that you have in your life that need to end. And I talk about ways to do that in episode 104 of this podcast, your foxhole, but there's a lot of guys that you need to cut off. These are guys that you've kept around because of, you know, what they mean to you or what you think that they mean to you. Maybe these are guys that are really rough around the edges, you know, only you understand them or what do you tell, whatever you tell yourself about this person and cutting them off might be the best thing for them. And it's certainly likely the best thing for you. We all have relationships like that. And I know as I'm describing this, some of you guys have someone that comes to mind. There's somebody that immediately came to mind, or maybe it's a group of somebody's that it's just like, man, these just aren't my people anymore. You know, 10 years ago when we were all in the police academy, those were my people, but man, they're just not my people anymore. Or yeah, you know, we all hung out in high school and we got high together and we drank and we drove fast and chased girls and all that. And that was, that was really cool. But now we're in our forties and some of those guys are still doing that stuff. They never grew up. They're Peter Pan. And these are people that when you're around them, you're tempted to do all those stupid things that you did back in the day that you've settled down away from that you've distanced yourself from. And those are relationships that should probably end. And that's probably okay. Potentially the best thing that could possibly happen to them and to you. And the last thing here is that sometimes we convince ourselves that we don't need friends anyway. And that's not okay. As I mentioned, there's some very important people in my life that don't have a lot of friends. And it's sad for me whenever I look at some of these individuals that I I want them to have healthy friendships. I want them to have a bunch of people at their funeral. I want them to have a bunch of people that will miss them if, if they're gone. And I don't mean like necessarily gone from this world, but just like miss them if they left for a few months to go on a, you know, an excursion somewhere. Like, you know, it, it's good to be missed sometimes. But a lot of guys that I've talked to, they've embraced this lone wolf idea. Maybe they got real deep into what Lieutenant Dave Grossman was talking about. Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman was talking about with the sheepdog thing. And all of a sudden they've added the word lone sheepdog into that. Like that they're just going to kind of do their own thing. No one really understands me and society doesn't either. And I'm, you know, I'm going to be outside of all this and I'm going to like distance myself from everybody and everything. Every one of us knows guys like that. They're just bitter. They're bitter at the world. They're pissed off. They just, they just don't understand why the world has dealt them the cards that they've dealt them or why they've ended up in the way that they are. And you know what, gosh darn it, I don't need friends anyway. And these people couldn't be any wrong, any more wrong, sorry. But these people that when time, the time comes that they need help, there's nobody available. And so they have to look internally at themselves again. These are people that aren't typically very spiritually adept. These are people that don't have deep relationships that they can have with other strong men where they can basically be iron, sharpening iron in those situations. They don't have that. And then when they go through a tough time, when someone in their family uh, maybe tragically died or or maybe uh, they've lost their job or maybe they've gotten sick or whatever the situation is there, they're running out of options and they're running out of options very, very quickly. 
Because guys, I got to be honest with you. If something's really, really bad is going on in my life, something that I, it's just too big for me, it's something that's too worrisome, I used to not really tell anybody. And I, I think back on the podcast where I talked about how my wife and I lost two babies in the womb, the first time I didn't tell anybody. And the second time I like overtold, I told as many people as I could tell, because it's like, man, that, that feeling of being alone after we lost our first child was so incredibly damaging. It just, it just hurt and it hurt way more than it needed to. And the same situation is true on the other side where it's when I started telling a lot of people in my life, I felt a tremendous amount of love and support, but it's still something that I have to practice. So we have this big group message with all the guys that usually train on our Sunday nights. And I just got to be honest, I, there are times when I'm like, man, I don't want to say this because it's, you know, ah, you know, Kyle, get your life together. And this is another prayer request and all that. But it's almost like I'm just putting in the reps. Like, you know, if I stub my toe, I'm not going to send a message to the group like, oh, please, please pray for healing or something like that. That's not really something I feel like that's important. But when these huge things come up with health issues with my son or maybe issues within my marriage or it's, I'm just, you know, thinking of different, you know, maybe it's issues with your extended family or there's, there's, there's any number of things that you can send to a group, but you have to make sure there's a group to send them to. You have to make sure that there's other guys in your life that you've cultivated these relationships and friendships with that can take some of the weight off your shoulders, that can shoulder a part of your burden, that can get up under the bar and lift some of the weight for you. For all you guys, I obviously talk about cultivating manly resilience all the time. Part of that is learning how to let people help you, but not too much. You need to be able to push yourself to a degree that you never thought possible. We usually see that in the physical space. You know, you were going to run three miles, but you know, your coach gets you to run three and a half. You were going to be able to lift, you know, 225 for one rep, but you know, he, he manages to get, help you get that second rep up, but you did it on your own. It's, it's whatever the situation might be. But at the same time, you don't have those relationships unless you cultivate them. And guys, it's not okay. So if you're sitting there right now and you don't have a foxhole, you don't have 3 a.m. guys. You don't have I'm on my way guys. Go find some. Go be that to somebody else. It's not going to be the perfect match and, and your group's not going to look my, like my group and it's going to have a different feel and you're maybe you're in a different part of the world. I know a lot of people from around the world listen to this podcast. It's going to be different for everybody, but it's still something that you have to cultivate. Okay? A couple of quick things here and then we'll get out of here. Again, as I said from the beginning, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 18.24. And then this. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Proverbs 17.17. Guys, before we let you go, we will do a quick resilience boost. As you know by now, we are a men's ministry, and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. Specifically, we do that by providing content like this podcast that helps you forge spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So for today, I've shared this before, but I'm sharing the book by Stephen Mansfield. It's Building Your Band of Brothers. So this is a very short paperback book that you can get on Amazon or on his website. I've got the Amazon link for you here, but this is a very important book. If you're looking to branch out and build that band of brothers, or as I call it, your foxhole, this is a great resource to help you do that. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher, and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. 
Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please leave us one and let us know with a few sentences letting us know exactly why you like the content. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the remainder of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. So if you want me to come speak at your men's event, at your retreat, at your business, at your team, whatever, hit me up. Email info at undaunted.life. Again, that's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Our website is www.undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at undauntedlife or facebook.com backslash undauntedlife. Check out our free devotionals on the Uversion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song Defender, which is off their latest record entitled Guardians. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness, keep seeking the Lion of Judah. Why?